Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Everybody in Pittsburgh is waiting with bated breath to see if at 8.15 Thursday night in Cleveland, the Steelers' offensive playbook gets opened up a little bit more, if the ball starts being pushed a bit more down the field. And when you look at this matchup with the Browns, that's exactly what you'd think the game plan would be. Very good against stopping the run. In fact, most teams just don't even run against the Browns, probably due to the fact that they have been abysmal at stopping the pass at the beginning of this 2022 season. It's right there. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that you wouldn't devise a game plan with a lot of 20, 25-yard down-the-field routes, deep shots, uh, using the middle of the field to beat the Cleveland Browns. It's clearly the best strategy to employ at the beginning of the game, and now it just is really in the hands of Matt Canada and the Steelers' offense, and we'll find out a lot. If it looks like the same vanilla, constipated, conservative offense against the Browns, we'll know, at least in my mind at that point, that this is just they're they're, they're stuck in their ways. This is what they're going to be. There's no adaptation to game plan. There's no opponent-specific planning. It's just we're going to have a very vanilla offense. Yeah, you would never expect going into the season with as many unknowns as, as Steelers were facing, right? How healthy can the defense remain? Uh, with certain guys coming back and certain guys filling in, uh, how well is that offensive line going to do throughout the course of the season, giving it such low expectations to start? How are the quarterbacks do, both of which the, the top two starters are new to the team, Mitch coming from Buffalo and Kenny coming from the draft? A lot of questions facing this team, but I don't think any of us saw <clears throat> kind of a make-or-break game coming as early as week three, Tom, against Cleveland. Yeah, do you think it's a must win? Yeah, absolutely. You do? I think it's not a must win for the for the playoff hopes and 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 seeding in in the playoffs. I think it's a must win for the well-being of the team. If you lose this game and as you stated earlier, if it's more of the same, we haven't learned from our mistakes, we're just going to go out there with the same plan and make no adjustments whatsoever and you lose that game because of those reasons, then yes, there needs to be there needs to be some drastic change if after the first two weeks the 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 clear problem was evident and you have yet to adjust three after three weeks of just constant mediocrity. 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 
The way you said that word was very mediocre. It was mediocre, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it's a must win. Like it's oh, week, really? it's week three. Like you can't do that, right? I think though, I, I I've referenced this in previous episodes. This just feels like it's not a must win for the 2021 season or 20 yeah 2021 or wow 2022 season, Tom. The reason I'm saying that is because it feels like we're stuck in 2021, right? It feels like we're stuck at the end of the 2020 season at, during that losing period. It feels like we're stuck in 2019 with Mason and Duck leading that offense. This offense has not gelled really since 2018, and I hate to say it. I mean, Antonio Brown, sure, a big reason of it, but with a healthy, younger Ben Roethlisberger, this team has not been the same in the last four seasons on offense. Just when it comes to must win, I mean, if you really want to boil it down to the only must wins are the games that when you lose, you get eliminated from playoff contention. But I get what people are are feeling the sentiment that if you lose this game, it can really snowball downhill and you might not be able to dig yourself out of a hole at one and two. Not because one and two holes are impossible to dig out of, but because of the daunting schedule that's ahead and the way that you've looked offensively throughout the start of the season. So. I don't want to call it a must win. I'm not going to call it a must win, but they really better freaking win this football game. I mean, let's just put it that way. If they don't win this football game, it gets real, real dark, real fast for the Steelers season. That's why I said, Tom, that's why I believe it to be a must win. Again, I'm not focused on the playoffs right now. I think given the state of the offense, unless there's a drastic overhaul, you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. I mean, first place in the NFC North or AFC North. How dare you? (laughs) All right. Well, my my concern is for the the state of the Steelers. What happens if you lose this game? Does Mike Tomlin, for the first time in his career, fire a, a coordinator or, or an assistant head coach midseason, let alone all the way as early as week three early on? Through the Steelers, despite saying, oh, when we went out and signed Mitch Trubisky on hour one of day one of free agency being open— he was going to be our guy. We knew we were going to, we wanted to draft Kenny if he was there, but even if we did, we were going to roll with Mitch and look what we did throughout the preseason. Every day at training camp, he he took the first team reps. Every single preseason game, he went out there with the first teamers. He got the start. Week one, he started. Week two, he started. But now we're going to say, oh, well, it's, it's really getting that bad. Did we go with our rookie quarterback? I mean, the only time that we went with a rookie quarterback in Big Ben was because Charlie Bass was hurt to begin the season, and yeah. Ma- and sorry, I said Mason Rudolph and Kenny Matt. Er, wow, <laughs> you okay I, today? I'm just, I'm just okay today for my, real. My 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 2022 quarterbacks and my 2004 quarterbacks. His name all. is Tommy Maddox. Kenny That's Maddox. What you're for. <laughs> when I say and, and Charlie Mason or something like that, but Tommy Maddox was hurt after or going into week two or, or during that week during two, the game. Week two yeah, game. Yeah, at, during. Sorry, got hurt at the week two game. So. You would never expect the Steelers to say, well, A, B, and C happened, and we're still floating. Let's just keep going with it. You, you don't want them to do that. And here we are now. If you lose again in week three, you no longer have that hold over the AFC North, like you just mentioned. And if you go out there and get one offensive touchdown, Tom, what are you doing? You can't win a football game, or you can't win a lot of football games averaging a, a touchdown per game on offense. One thing that we learned through uh, player interviews this week that was something that had been speculated by a lot of people, in fact, by Charlie Mason, uh, one of the <laughs> former Steelers quarterbacks, he said this a lot on the postgame show, 
that he doesn't think that the Steelers quarterbacks have the freedom to audible in this offense. They don't have mm-hmm. the ability to check out of a play and into a different play at the line of scrimmage. And that was confirmed this week. Uh, Jerry Dulac tweeting out that Mason Root. See, now you got me doing it. I do. That Mitch Trubisky flat out said, I have no freedom to audible in this offense. And it's funny because Jerry, after he quoted Mitch in his tweet, said at the end in his own words, for a six year, like something along those like a six year veteran saying this, like, and I agree with Jerry, like that doesn't make any sense for really any quarterback other than maybe a rookie making his very first start mm-hmm. in the NFL. And even then you almost want them to have the freedom. You want your quarterback to be able to audible. To lead. Yeah, absolutely. Offense. You, you're up in a booth looking down at the game and your headset gets cut off at a certain time. You need to at least have the trust in your quarterback that if the defense shifts or calls an audible on their own end because they see something based on what you're lined up in to be able to react to that to be able to audible into a different play to be able to say oh they're going to send the house on this blitz i'm checking into a run with Najee, and we're just going to run right into the blitz and maybe if we get to the second level that's a 15 yard gain it's it's mind-boggling to me i've never really heard of this where a quarterback doesn't have that freedom to call an audible to check into a different play and and let alone a, a six-year veteran like Jerry's saying like this isn't like Kenny's coming in and they're like well we're not letting him audible we're keeping things as simple as possible because we don't want to overwhelm the kid like how there I, I guarantee you Mitch called audibles before in Chicago like this wouldn't be overwhelming to him you know not even that and the fact that he said it makes me think that Mitch and he said it in a very polite you know, professional way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he would even bring it to light tells me that he it's thinks it's a little messed up too. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make sure people know what's hey, going I'm on. Just, I'm not choosing to not audible on my own. Like this is something that's been mandated and coached for me to do. Yeah, I agree. And you know what, Tom, I'd go even one further. I bet you even in Buffalo, right. Given it was the preseason, he was allowed to call an audible. Yeah, it was the preseason, so the stakes weren't as high, but he was allowed to make those calls, make those adjustments, and he was the backup there. He's a starter here. I'm, you've never heard of a starter quarterback, starting quarterback, not be able to go out on the field, recognize a defensive scheme, and not adjust out of it. Yeah, it, it, again, it's mind-boggling to me. I don't understand how you can ex- sus- expect to have success, success. on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball if you don't have that kind of freedom for a quarterback. Uh, I, like, I guarantee you Jacoby Brissett can audible into a different play. Oh. Like, I, it's just across the board that I mean, you really you have wanna, that you ability. Play this, you want to play this game, Geno Smith, Jimmy G, all Baker Mayfield, all of these guys yeah, who I mean, are I'm, first-timers I'm, with their team. And I'm sure it's limited to a degree. Uh, it's not like they're Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady out there Every where they can just play, call the play no. that they want, really, when they get to the line. But they definitely have the freedom to check out of something if they think it's not going to work. It, it's really, it reeks of trust issues, kind mm-hmm. of. It reeks of, I don't trust Mitch to do the right thing if he has freedom. So I'd rather him just do what I say. And even if it's going to be the wrong thing, at least he sticks to what my plan was. And, and it, it will work eventually because my plan's the best. Like, there needs to be some give and take between an OC and a quarterback. And, at least from afar, I'm not in the building, I don't know this, Mm -hmm. it seems a lot of just one way on the OC, this is how things go, and Mitch has no cachet. Like, what can he, Kenny has no cachet. Like, what can they do that Big Ben was able to do for so many years where he's just going, like, no, you know what, I'm going to have some say in this offense too. This is, my fingerprints are all over this as well. Honestly, more than yours in this city for this team. 
Like that, there is no like you can't bump back at it. At least not initially at the beginning. So, I just feel like there needs to be more trust between the OC and, and the quarterback. And I think most of that trust has to be done from the OC side of things. And you and you expect to see that difference or the lack thereof, I guess, on on Thursday night, right? <clears throat> if if the Steelers are scoring or if the offense is is fluid and you can hear Mitch at the line, that shows that in meetings this week. Somebody was sat down with Matt Canada and Mitch Trubisky in a room and said, this guy has to be able to be given more control over this offense. But if you go out there on Thursday night and you watch this team play and you see more of the same, that means either A, that meeting never happened, or B, the meeting did happen, and the result was, Mitch, you have to trust Canada, not the other way around. And yeah. – they have to throw the ball down the field in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Najee Harris was oh, a that beast. Question. He was a beast against the the Browns last year. He had 279 rushing yards in uh, the two games he played against them his rookie year, including uh, 188 yards on the ground in the last game they played the uh, Ben Roethlisberger farewell game at the formerly named Heinz Field. So uh, we haven't seen that kind of Najee at all this year yet, and you want to say it was the offensive line, it was the offensive line, it was the offensive line. It was not the offensive line last week. No. I think I think Najee could have had an extra 40 to 50 yards on the ground just by making the correct cut on two plays that I've mm-hmm. seen. And that's just two plays that I've seen. So who mm-hmm. knows what else was out there. Uh I just I feel like he might be playing a little hurt. That offensive line was so bad last year and it was so bad at the outset of this year despite it getting better week in and week out that he's just tentative and mm-hmm. is expecting them to not do the correct thing like Trey Essex, Trey Essex said on the play that he diagrammed on Twitter you know this was predetermined as a bounce out like Najee knew before the snap like I ain't running up the middle of the field I'm bouncing this to the outside and this this episode should be titled trust issues because <laughs> I think there's some trust issues going on with Najee in the offensive line and that's affecting his vision like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe that Number 22 lost his ball carrier vision from his rookie year to now. He had impeccable vision on the field at Alabama. He was really good at finding stuff out of nothing last year. And I just think it's a weird little slump that he's going through that is probably compounded by, I don't trust the five dudes in front of me to block well for me to open up the holes. So I am before the snap predetermining where I can try to bounce this and make a play happen on my own. Yeah. (laughs) That is more frustrating when you're talking about trust issues between Canada and Trubisky and Najee in the offensive line. The the clear front runner that's more frustrating is Najee with the offensive line. But do you fault him a lot? Because no, I don't. Like I get where I get why we've gotten to this point. It it did not look good in the, the guy, preseason. The it guy, did not look good in training camp. The guy is used to getting that first contact either at or behind the line of scrimmage. So when the hole is there, he's not looking for the hole. He's looking to make contact. So maybe that's why he's just falling into defenders. He only has one run so far in two games of 10 yards or more. He has 10 yards before contact on his 25 carries in 2022 compared to 62 yards after first contact. So still seeing that similar trend where he gets more of his yardage after the first contact instead of getting into the second level clean. But again, at least on two plays that I know of and probably more, that's not on the offensive line anymore. That's Mm -hmm. on him that he got contacted in the backfield a yard into the play. There were holes wide open that he could have ripped through for a good 
10 to 15 yard gain that he just simply made the wrong cut. Uh, another thing that Pittsburgh needs to do in this game on the ground to really help open up that deep passing game and attack Cleveland is be more successful on first downs. They average just 2.9 yards per rush on first downs. It's the lowest mark in the league. So you're trying to set yourself up in favorable third and shorts and favorable second and, and mid, second and five, second and fours. And you're only picking up about three yards per like You're averaging a, a second and seven every time you step on the field. It's playing right into the defense's hands. If you can start to see four yards per rush on first down, even like 3.8, 3.9, It'll make life a lot easier. So I know the game plan should be you got to attack these guys through the air, but you, you need the running game to help complement that and help open that up a lot. It's it, The biggest weakness for the Browns is their coverage right now. Mm -hmm. they're, they're very bad in the secondary, despite having some good names, good players in that secondary. You have to take advantage of that and attack them when they're weak and make it easier on Mitch to do that by also having a decently strong running game that they have to respect where it's not just, oh, we can drop seven guys back into coverage every time. They're only going to pass. Right. The 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 offensive versus defense, the offense on by the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the defensive side of the ball by the Cleveland Browns, to me, is going to be the difference maker here because I think the Steelers can easily blanket the, the Cleveland Browns' the, uh, running offense or, or run-reliance offense. That, that shouldn't be a problem despite what you saw last week against the Patriots. I think Jacoby Brissett versus Mac Jones. I mean, you respect Mac Jones a lot more to be a, a smarter playmaker. So when you look at the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers, I just do not trust them to take advantage, right? I can trust the Steelers' defense to take advantage of the Browns' offense, but I don't see that happening for the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense until we're told that a change is coming and not just – Tomlin in a post-game press conference saying, well, there clearly needs to be adjustments that need to be made. Unless I'm told specifically that a change is here, then I won't believe it until I see it. And so we can lay out the blueprint as easily as anybody, the guys in the drive, the guys in the locker room, the guys on the point after or Steelers preview. We can all do it, but it won't matter unless it's done on the field. And that's been the, har that's been the hardest pill to swallow these past couple of years is across all of our shows on SNR is that Every show is capable of laying out that blueprint for a successful offense, and yet week after week you see nothing. Not necessarily nothing, but you see you see nothing of which has been described to you and on how you can win that game with your offense. How many play actions have we seen? I, I could count on maybe two fingers. I mean, we don't have the stats in front of us, and that's something that we can definitely research. Or, you know, we'll get Matt Williamson to research that. He's, he's a stat yeah, junkie. <laughs> but, like eye test and just basic memory from watching the game i don't see it enough like i want so i want play action out the yin yang i want things to be going misdirection crazy in this steelers offense and you just don't see it and that's something we were preached a couple of things in this offseason they're, they're like like a politician on the campaign trail they were mm -hmm. saying we need mobility at the quarterback position once we have mobility at the quarterback position this offense will start to flow we need more misdirection, motion, play action. Once that happens, things will start to come to fruition in this offense and things will be successful for no matter who's the quarterback of this team. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, that all sounds that checks out. So we vote for this guy, quote unquote. Not that we had a say, but he gets a vote of confidence sure. 
in the coaching staff in ownership to come back and be the OC for this new regime of quarterback, Mitch Trubisky and, and Kenny Pickett eventually. And it's like all the things that we were promised and all the things that he said needed to happen to make this offense work happened, and it's still not working. We have a mobile quarterback now. You don't see that mobility really being showcased in the offense. It almost looks like he's being coached not to run sometimes. Mm -hmm. It looks there's openings where he can take off for 10, 15 yards, get an easy first down, and he decides to force a ball in or or hit a check down to to Najee Harris that's Mm -hmm. short of the sticks and they don't get the first down. You're not using the mobility. You haven't seen enough of the play action. You've seen a fair amount of motion, I'd say. They they do like to run guys about yeah. back and forth, but is it creative motion or is it just motion for the sake of motion? It seems like it's the same thing where Claypool runs over uh, the entire offensive mm-hmm. line, fakes that he's going to get the ball, stops, then runs back the other way, and then you snap the ball. It's, it seems like motion for motion's sake. I mean, you you and again, I hate comparing the, these guys to him, but like. You watch the Niners play, and it's it's insanity. Like, playing defense against that team is probably one of the biggest headaches you can ever have, no matter who's at quarterback. Because right. there's just so many assignments changing places on the field. You need to create that confusion. Play action creates that confusion. It sucks linebackers in. It makes your passing game over the middle of the field a lot easier to achieve. Mm. You just You're not seeing enough of it, and it's that's what's extra frustrating, is that it's kind of, like you were saying, we can all map out blueprints to success, and it's frustrating to not see it actually at least even be tried on the field. Like, we can't even know if our theories are wrong because mm-hmm. it doesn't even seem like they're willing to try it and fail at it. They just want to keep going with the status quo. Yeah, the pre-snap motion, the lack thereof, is almost disgraceful when you consider the modern NFL, right? You you saw Debo Samuel in one year establish himself as one of the most respected offensive weapons across the league because of how Kyle Shanahan operates his offense. Sean McVay just won the Super Bowl as the youngest head coach. You know who the youngest head coach was to win a Super Bowl before Sean McVay? Mm, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. But guess what? Sean McVay is even younger because these young guys can come up with creative schemes that it, it's it's sad. It's probably sad for the old-timers that that way of winning, just standard play calling, is out. You cannot win just with a with a vanilla offense. You have to be creative here, and it's clear that the Steelers' offense, as you said, motion for motion's sake is what they're doing. We sat here on this show last week and said the floor for this for this team on offense, in terms of creativity, should be the the jet sweeps, the motions. Not, not. I'm not even talking about play action. We said play action should be a given. That is right? a given in the NFL these days. Absolutely, you have but, to do it. But the but the fakes to Cl- Chase Claypool coming into the under center, that should be the floor. And right now, that's the ceiling for now, this offense. I will yield that play action isn't going to be effective if you're not effective on the ground. So it kind of does come back to you need to be better on the ground game. Offensive line needs to continue to get more push and continue to get better. And Najee needs to start hitting the holes that are in front of him. Or Jalen Ward needs to start hitting, excuse me, needs to start hitting the holes that are in front of him. So you obviously need to have better in the run department to set up the play action, but the floor was those simple jet sweeps that we've seen. You need... The other thing that I, I was watching a little bit of a breakdown of the, the Niners offense, that these guys do so well, and to just keep going back to the Shanahan well, they use plays to kind of set up other plays. So, like, mm-hmm. jet sweep to Claypool in the first quarter goes for four yards, but that's setting up when jet, jet sweep to Claypool gets tossed back to Najee Harris, who takes it 15, 20 yards down the other sideline. Like, they set up later plays in a game 
with just very basic vanilla plays just to kind of lull the defense to sleep. I'll run it once or twice, and then it's like, okay, here he goes. Claypool's in motion. This is exactly what the play is going to be. And it's up to great defenses to recognize that and stay in their own assignment and stay in their lanes and not over-pursue. So you don't – I'm not saying you don't see any of that with the Steelers, but I'd like to see a lot more of that, a lot more of – taking a play that you've seen multiple times already in the game and adding a different wrinkle to it, adding a different element to it, adding a double reverse to it. We saw that once mm-hmm. against the uh, the week one opponent for the Steelers, Cincinnati. the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just, it's very frustrating that right. you don't I mean, see any of these added wrinkles, any of these excited uh, curveballs, if you will, thrown at the defense. It, you have to imagine that a defense looks at the Steelers offense and thinks this is one of the easiest matchups that we have to prepare for all year. It's very basic and straightforward, at least so far. Yeah, I mean, you the the play you're pointing out against Cincinnati was the flea flicker. That was the reverse from Gunner back to or to Najee to Gunner to yeah, Mitch. Yeah, that's right. Like it wasn't even like a reverse double reverse run, which is all I'm asking to see. No. Like, but I, I like that creativity. But you saw one play, that's, Tom, that's in two games. That's the most creative play we've seen in two games. And it's not even close. No. Right, that's it's that, and then everything else is Chase Claypool either getting the ball or a fake to Chase Claypool. And is that really? It is creative. Don't get me wrong, but it kind of reeks more of the trick play category almost. I, instead of just instead of just like a very creative scheme where oh my god, Yuschek is literally running a wheel route that no one saw up the sideline mm-hmm. because everybody was crashing to the right side. Debo Samuel took a jet sweep and then handed it back. You know what I mean? Do you like, think the Steelers think it's all or nothing where you can just do? A play action, and that's enough for a or a simple end around for Chase Claypool. Or you have to get five guys touching the ball, like you did with Najee to Gunner to Mitch to Fryermuth. Do you think that's they think there's no in between there? I have no, I have no idea what they think. It that's what's the most frustrating part about this is that it doesn't seem like there's even, and it's only been two games. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Although it's a short week, so how can you really prepare you know, expand and, and, and things get, and, and get and more in there? Rip yeah, pages right. out of playbooks right. and put new ones in. Like it's it's going to be tough to do. Um, but I just want to. I don't know. It's just like you're asking for more, and, and whether it is you know a, a crazy chain reaction play like the flea flicker was, or just a simple reverse, double reverse, something like that. You need to see more, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. you need to see more of George Pickens too. Well, that's I mean, it gets, think about you got to force feed him at the start of a game. You know, like they used to do it to AB, they used to do it to their stars all the time. Just a nice little screen pass, a nice little slant that's five yard. You don't want it to go for big gain. But let Pickens grab that ball on that first drive. Let him feel it. Let him get that catch. Let Mitch feel that, oh, okay, 14. Let's start going to 14. There's 14. Get him involved early. Hand him the ball off on one of the jet sweeps if you want. Get get the ball in this athlete's hands because, uh, I'm sorry, I know he's a rookie, but you used a second-round pick on him, and he exploded out of the gate in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You need to use the talent that you have there a lot more in this offense. Absolutely. I mean, you think we we just laid out that lack of creativity, but think about the lack of, of usage for the certain players. I mean, you get George Pickens involved alongside Chase Claypool, and you see both of those guys going into pre-snap motion, you have no idea who's going to be getting the ball there. So it's not just about getting him the ball. It's just about utilizing your, your options more. The more players you get involved, the more – the more of a step behind the opposing defense is. But again, Tom, you just said on a short week, I really don't know if there's really a lot for us to expect with this offense and playing on a Thursday night. 
Cleveland, in their first two games, has allowed two wide receivers, Garrett Wilson and Robbie Anderson, to eclipse 100 yards receiving. And last week, they surrendered 83 yards to Corey Davis, the Jets' second wide receiver. The Browns also allowed both tight ends they faced to gain at least 40 yards or more. Attack through the air. Hopefully it's a big game for Pickens, a big game for Deontay, a big game for Claypool. Someone's got to have a big game in the passing game or else I think it's going to be a, another long offensive day, or excuse me, night in Cleveland that's on Thursday. A th- that's the thing is that there are opportunities for all of these guys who have had big performances. And really all we've been talking about is that one-handed catch by Deontay and the flea flicker that went to Fryermuth. Are there? I mean, we really can't highlight for for good reasons other than okay, well, yeah, you made the play you were supposed to make. Any other offensive plays that come to mind in these first two weeks? Nope, not a single one. Let's pretend that the offense sputters again and only scores a touchdown, mm-hmm. has ten points, has fourteen points on the board this week. How in the world does that Steelers defense? step up to stop the Browns offense. We're going to get into that on our next episode. But first, I want to tell you guys to check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler. It's a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes will drop every Tuesday, and they are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll we'll talk about Steelers' defense, how they can shut out the Browns on Thursday, because that might be what it takes mm-hmm. to get out of that stadium with a win and a 2-1 and one record. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and this is the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.